I always tell my guys, when you're done with that job, you leave that job cleaner than the way you found it. If you don't, then somebody else will, or they'll go find somebody that will. You know, it's called pride. Just take some pride in what you do every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Con Expo Con Egg podcast that is proudly brought to you by our good friends over at Komatsu, which have been a massive supporter of the podcast, and I can't wait to see them at the 2023 Con Expo show in March. Today, I have with me the man who quite literally rocks, Mr. Ryan Goodfellow from Rock Structures. Ryan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, you bet. How you doing, Taylor? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we were just chatting before this, and it's good. To, it's good to finally link up. For sure. I mean, let's just start. Start kind of easy into it. Who's Ryan? What do you do? How did you start? Let's let let's let's get the story started. My dad, he had a a transportation business, and all he did when I was a little kid uh, was transport heavy equipment. And uh, I'd so I've kind of been around equipment my whole life, but more more trucks. And then back when I was, I don't know, probably like 14, which was like a long time ago, maybe like late 90s, actually late 80s, Con Expo came around and they went from Texas and they went to Vegas. And dad being a tr- in the transportation business, he would go down to the port in LA, like Long Beach, stuff like that. And he would bring machines from the port at Long Beach up to Vegas for Con Expo from all the, all the importers from overseas and so i actually had a chance when i was a little kid to go to the very first con expo that they had in vegas no way yeah so i've been going to con expo for shoes i'm old so i've been going there for a long time dude that is that's really cool (laughs) it's kind of crazy to think that i went to the first con expo and i i want to say i was like 13 is my guess 13 14 so i was born in 75 I think 80. Oh, you keep saying you're old. You're not old, dude. You got lots left. <laughs> oh, I got a lot. I got a lot of life left. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like 13. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So more or less didn't want anything to do with my dad's business. My dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, they all ran it together. And uh, I was the, the young, dumb punk kid. And I was okay being that way because, you know, we're all young and dumb and punks at one point in life, right? Or still. <laughs> so. So I actually left California, went to Utah. And then uh, like three years after I moved up here on my own, was working for a guy and he took really good care of me, uh, allowed me to learn a lot of stuff, taught me a lot of stuff. And uh, I didn't think I was getting paid what I wanted to be. And I was getting all of our work, all the work I was doing, I was getting it for him. So I was I was doing the the bidding I was doing the scheduling, I was doing the work, I was doing the billing, and I was doing the collecting. So as far as I was concerned, it was like, man, why can't I do this on my own? And so I talked to a couple of my clients that I that I had drummed up over the over the couple of years that I was with him, three years I was with him. And I just said, Hey, what'd you guys do? Would you guys use me? And they said, Of course we'd use you. So I went out on my own. So that was back in ninety seven. So I was twenty one, almost twenty two when I started. So I was pretty young. And, uh, I, man, I had the, I had the world by its tail, you know, I was setting on fire and, uh, we had a good run. We had a lot of good times and I learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, you know, I paid for college several times over. I st- I st- I'm still paying for it, <laughs> but no, it's one of those things where, yeah, started in 97, 21 years old, almost 22. And, uh, you know, here we are 25 years later, 47, 
March actually will be uh, my going in my 26th year. So kind of cool. Thanks. That's crazy. I mean, like coming from having the background of, you know, I feel like maybe instilled if your dad was in the transport business, kind of like that, that blue collar, you know, wake up early and work hard. You know, is that kind of something that you, you, you brought over? I mean, like starting your own business at 21 and doing what you were doing, that's something not easy. So what, what was it in you that gave you that drive to be able to, to grow a business? Like that's not easy starting yourself and doing that. I think it was more or less, you know, parents, whether they think so or not from early on in their parenting life, us kids, we look up to them, right? Like it's one of those things where you look up to me watching what they do. You kind of emulate what they do. And even though they may not be like physically showing you what they're doing, just the example that they're setting for you by being at work and doing things or taking you to work and showing you how to do things, that's, that's essentially setting you up for the rest of your life. And like I would go with my dad on Saturdays, go, we'd go move stuff around. I'd go with my dad and my brother down to the yard the company who he worked for when I was just a little kid, he uh, they had all kinds of, of equipment. They had dozers, scrapers, loaders, um, excavators. You know, we'd go down to the yard, and my brother he would he would clean all the machines, and so I'd help him clean the machines. I don't know if I really did much, honestly, but you know, I'd go down there and help him do that. And so I think just kind of that that whole that whole example that was set for me early on. I knew that I didn't want to do trucks because I just didn't want anything to do with them because it kind of been shoved down my throat. And so there was that little bit of rebellion. But as soon as I got into the excavating world, um, after I moved up up here from California, I actually like really enjoyed it. And there was a lot of common sense. And luckily I was, I'm not real smart, but I do have some common sense. So as far as I was concerned, you know, I could figure it out. If you put me on a task, I could figure it out. And as time went along, you know, we just, kind of figured out how to do things. And the guy who I worked for, you know, I was there every day. I mean, I was there in the morning before his guys were, and I was greasing machines while they were warming up. If they weren't there by the time I was done greasing and warming them up, I'd take them out and I'd set them out. You know, if we were doing pipe, I'd get the main machine put out there on the on the main line. I'd, I'd go get the gravel in, in the loader bucket. I'd start setting pipe out. It was one of those things where his guys were happy to have me. You know, and a lot of times nowadays, people don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to think. I, I, I guess I shouldn't say think for this. They don't want to think ahead, right? Like if you don't want to think ahead, then then you're just you're just stuck in what you're doing right now. But if you think ahead, then it's one of those things that it'll shape your life in the long run. It'll be one of those things that you'll never be looking for something to do if you're always thinking ahead because you're thinking about the next step. There is always something to do always it's just a matter of whether you want to do it or not or whether you want to figure that part of it out or not and i think what's important too is also like in the moment thinking ahead totally like on the job site like you said like there's always something to do and i always tell if i come to my shop and you know some guys are sitting around and i'm always like boys pick up a broom what are we doing tomorrow oh we're, we need to bring the packer out and load the skid steer okay great let's get that going so we're not doing it tomorrow at 5 30 in the morning but honestly, a lot of stuff that I, what you're saying, too, is like I always tell my guys, like, like, especially with the growing business is like, think ahead, think long term, not even just in the moment, but for long term as well of like, OK, where's this company going? OK, like right now, 
sure, I'm, I'm running equipment and oh, they tested me and I ran, went out on a job by myself. Well, maybe in five years from now, I could put myself in a position of being a working foreman and, and kind of thinking ahead at the future and not, not thinking for now. And I feel like a lot of people right now, they kind of think short term. They think a lot, a lot short term, like I want this now, like I want to be that foreman now, rather than putting in that time and understanding that you got to, you know, something like respect and trust is something that is, that is earned, not given. And I feel like that's, that's something that's lost. And what you're saying is how I think as well, too. And when you talk about, you know, you're not, maybe not the smartest guy in the room. I think, first of all, you're being very humble. I think you are very smart, but you also like, I have work harder tattooed on my arm for a reason because I'm the same way. And we made hoodies that say work harder because I always say this over text guys, hard work is never goes unnoticed. And I think that that's something that you're talking about is, is working hard. And like, what's your drive for, for that? Like, what's your drive for getting up and working hard? Is it your love for the industry? Is it your family? What is it? It's a little bit of everything, really. You know, it's, it's the love for the industry. It's my love for my family to provide for my family. It's making sure that I have enough work to provide for my guys and it's taking care of my customers, you know, like there's a couple of customers I have that, man, I have one customer that's been with me for 25 years. It's one of those things where that just doesn't happen every day. You know, I got one of my employees that's been with me for uh, 20, you going on 21 years, you know, and it's one of those things that if you take care of people, that the people will take care of you. It's not only about doing a good job. It's about having a relationship with your customer and cultivating that relationship as you go along, you know, and like most of my customers we have right now, we're going on 10, 12 years with them. And I got a couple of customers that are two and three years, but the majority of my customers are 12 to, to 18 years. That says a lot, you know? So it's one of those things that you really have to put in the time and the effort to make sure that your people are taken care of. And that's what drives me every day is, is taking care of my people and taking care of my customers and then seeing my, my people, my team take care of our customers. They're no longer just my customers. They're, they've become our team's customers and, you know, they don't care who they get on the job. They just know that whoever they get, whatever crew they get, they're going to do them a good job. And that's what matters to me. Yeah. That's super important and very, uh, very crucial for anybody listening that's also starting a business or just running a business is ensuring that you're you're taking care of your clients what would you like uh, providing a, a quality of work but i guess like comparing yourself to the next contractor for us what we always say is like us versus the next contractor is the knowledge and carrying our customers through the process of like a new home build right and where a lot of other contractors wouldn't answer questions or help them out with other trades or this or that that's just something that we help out with because my grandfather started this business in 1968 on those fundamentals, right? Like I don't care about charging them an extra $800 for this consulting fee or, or an extra this or that, right? Like we're all in a, in a small town here. I mean, we're all going to help out each other. What are some things that you think that sets you apart with your clients and, and your business? Honestly, uh, it's quality of work and having quality people doing them a good job and like you said, just going the extra mile. One thing that people love about us is when we are done with a job, like let's just say a backfill, right? We don't need a skid loader on site. We really don't. We don't need a loader on site. We can do everything with a hoe, but we have a hoe and a loader on site almost all the time or a skid loader. When we leave that site, 
it's almost like it's final graded. And I had one guy say to me one time, a, a, he was a competitor. He said, dude, why, why do you do like a final grade with, with your houses? And I'm like, think about it. When we come back to do a final grade, how much grading do we really have to do, right? Like we don't have to do a whole lot. So it's one of those things where, like, let's just say we're $600 to $1,200 to do a final grade. If we can come back and we can do a final grade in, say, two hours, <laughs> dude, well, that two hours right there, 600 bucks in two hours, it's worth it in the beginning to have that extra piece of equipment there and make it look that nice when we're done. Because then when framers come, you know, they're working off of a nice, clean slate. Everything's sloped away from the, from the house. It's all graded out. There's no piles of dirt left over. It's nice. It's it's ready. The customer, like, let's just say the, the builder shows up with their client. Dude, they're like, holy cow, this is amazing. You know, so it sets the tone from the very beginning on that build process for that client and our and our customer. So it just really, really makes everything look and work a whole lot better when you, when you do things right and you do them nice. I always tell my guys, when you're done with that job, you leave that job cleaner than the way you found it. If you don't, then somebody else will, or they'll go find somebody that will. You know, it's called pride. Just take some pride in what you do every day. Yeah, everything you're saying is 100% bang on with, uh, you know, like one one-on-one how to run a successful business. I mean, like, and it's it's so much of like when you would other people drive by that house and they see like oh well rock structures did that place look how clean they left that you know like oh and then down the road maybe they're building or or that builder or those other people and then they refer and it kind of just snowballs right like you do do good work work will come and, and that's that's really important and a lot of people just bang it out this is what we got okay get off the job and uh, I feel like that just kind of that doesn't fly, especially in times where maybe that that things are going to slow down or whatever in the economy. The good good contractors will remain and, and stay busy because there's always going to be something for them to do. But when you first started your business, what did you start out by doing? Because for the listeners listening right now, you do some really unique things um, like your 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 Instagram handle is at rock structures. I mean, like. The rock walls and boulder walls and armstrong walls that you do is like insane and that's when i first found you and it was just like and and obviously the the tools that you invest in the technology you invest in your business what did you start out by doing and how did you get into these creative projects so when i was working for this other company i had an opportunity to learn uh how to do subdivisions i learned how to do excavation like residential excavation basements Sewer water, storm drains, land drains, you know, all that stuff, backfills, rock walls, you know. And so like when I learned, it was like I was pretty well versed in all these different things. And so when I started my business, I was pretty well known at my old company for building rock walls and, and doing basement digs. And so when I started the business, I'm like, you know what? Let's call it rock structures because I that's kind of what we're going to do, you know. So we did a lot of rock walls starting out. and then. We would do a lot of big custom home basement digs, and those would normally have rock walls. So I would do the basement dig, then I'd come back and I'd do the backfill, then I would do all the rock work around the outside of the house, and I'd go the next dig, you know? And so it was one of those things that for us, we got involved with the name Rock Structures because we were building a lot of rock walls. And then as time went on, we kind of evolved into, you know, having a subdivision part of our business. So we would do subdivisions, we'd do 
mainline sewer, water, storm drain. We do secondary water, which is like irrigation water. We do uh, storm drains, concrete. You know, we do all that stuff. And and I kind of started getting out of our main scope, which was rock structures, right? Like rock walls and basement digs. And then we got kind of going to where the rock kind of slowed down a little bit. And we were doing more basement digs. And so it's one of those things where our niche is pretty much basement digs, backfills, and then all the rock work that goes along with the house. And so that's kind of how the whole name came about was because of all the rock retaining walls we would do. And now, yeah, we don't, we don't do as many rock retaining walls as what we used to. Like I used to have four crews doing nothing but rock walls. And we had two crews doing nothing but digs and backfills. And then we had uh, two crews doing nothing but subdivision site developments. So we were, we got pretty big and then the economy tanked and we, we slowed right down and we got rid of a lot of people and we went back to just being small and then we kind of built back up. And personally, like anybody can go out and buy a piece of equipment, like no matter what, right? Like you can go buy a piece of equipment no matter what you want to do, like, but keeping it busy and doing good work and finding good employees. You're only as good as your employees, right? And your employees, honestly, are only as good as you. If you don't take the time to teach them and to show them and to mentor them and show them how you want things done and how, like there's there's lots of ways to move dirt, right? There's lots of ways to move dirt. There's a right way and there's lots of wrong ways. And I see a lot of guys out there that do it wrong. They're not being efficient. They're stepping over like steps b c and d to go to z then they come back you know to like d and you're like dude listen you got to take this in a process and a lot of guys don't get that i think a lot of times i i, I kind of joke just because that machine is sitting there running doesn't make it mean it's making money if that machine isn't making money then what are you doing this for do you understand how to to make money with that machine and a lot of guys don't. And it's at no fault of theirs. It's really how they've been taught. If they haven't been taught correctly, then they develop bad habits. And it's our jobs as owners to help them to learn. Because that's the only way they're going to get better is if they learn and they're being taught the correct method of how to move dirt. We are less than 100 days from the 2023 show. That's right. We are coming up on the largest construction family reunion in North America. Con Expo Con Egg is going to be here before we know it. If you have not registered yet, there's still time to secure your tickets. Visit conexpoconag.com and use the promo code PODCAST20 to get 20% off. That's right. 20% off with promo code PODCAST20. If you already have your tickets to the show, join us in the countdown for the show and comment below to let us know you're going to be there and what you're most excited to see. What makes you a good leader and what are you doing for your guys and girls to ensure that they're doing things correctly? <laughs> I don't know that I am a good leader, dude. Honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, like I'll rip my guys a new one, but as soon as I'm done with ripping them a new one, I'm perfectly fine i'm perfectly over it you know and a lot of guys will hold a grudge i don't hold a grudge it's i like, pull a lot of value in what you just said there that i can relate to that 100 percent. but you expect them to do things one way and they do it another way like i have to pull myself back in sometimes and say okay 
there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So it's going to get done whether they do it their way or whether they do it my way. So let's put our heads together and let's figure out the best, most efficient way to do something. And if I don't have the time to help them to learn how to do it right or figure out what the best way is to do it, then that's on me. I just have to let them do their thing and they get it done great. But, you know, there's so many times out there that they're talking about doing all these all these tutorial videos and stuff like that. You know, that's all fine and dandy. But it's one of those things that if you don't teach your people, if you don't take the time to teach your people, they will never do it the way that you want it to be done. And that's not always bad. Like sometimes they're doing it great, you know, but if there ever is a time where you see something and they're not doing it correctly or they're not doing it efficiently, if you don't take that time to talk to them and to explain to them why you would do it a different way, then they'll never learn. And so it's like, like today, perfect, perfect teaching moment today. We got this big concrete washout. It's like a big round tub. It's made out of plastic. The concrete trucks dump into it so it doesn't get everywhere. It's right up in the middle of the road, up at the top of the job. We got to move it. So I said to my guy, I says, hey, how are you going to move that concrete washout? He says, I was just thinking I'd put the forks on the loader and take it up there and pick it up with the forks. So then I said, okay. Then I put my hands out like a cupping shape. And I says, okay, if you have got your forks, and I put my hand, well, I guess I didn't put them in a cupping shape. I put them, you know, side by side. I says, these are your forks. I says, that thing up there is probably five feet around. I says, you've got to bring your forks in to where you're going to, where you're going to hold on to it. I says, now what's in the middle? What's going to hold it in the middle from falling in? I says, also, I says, you come down that, that driveway right there and it's all bumpy because it's rocky. I says, what's going to keep it from thing on the forks? You know, and he, he, I, can see, I can see his brain thinking. And I says, I'll tell you what, I says, if you take, that Rockland grading bucket over there and you put that thing on the on the loader you go up there you get the the 210 to push that into the butt into the grading bucket i says now it has full support underneath it i says if you're coming down the road and it's moving back and forth i says you got the side of the grading bucket where it's going to hit that it's not going to bounce out it's not going to fall off i says you can bring it down here you can see it right out in front of you because you got really good visibility I says, you can get that thing supported underneath, supported on the sides. I says, no problem. I says, you won't have any problems at all. I says, says, if it was me, I says, that's how I would do it. I says, but you do it how you want to do it. I says, but I'm here to tell you right now that if it was me, I would do it like that. You know, and those are the things right there that really help your guys to understand. If you give it to them in a couple different scenarios and you let them tell you how they would do it, and then you agree with them and you add to it. And then you explain to them why you would do it a different way. Then it starts making sense to them because you can explain it to them why you would do it something different. So it's just, it's, I think it's just the way of doing things nowadays. You just really have to help your guys because they want to learn, right? Like nobody wants to do you a shitty job. Nobody, nobody at all out there, but they want to do it right. They want to make you happy. They want to feel like they've done it right. And they're not there to screw up. And so it's, that's where I think it's your job as a leader to show them, explain to them how you would do it if it was you doing it. And if that involves you getting up on the machine and helping them and helping them see, 
then that's what you got to do. There's a lot of value in everything that you just said. And uh, I think you're totally right with the way that you're going about it. And then like understanding that it's just understanding that they're not there. They don't want to screw up. They don't want to do a bad job. Sometimes they just need to be shown or kind of explained as to why something's not going to work and maybe a better way of, of going about it. One thing that you mentioned at the beginning that I can relate to one thing that I'm learning as well, I'm not, I'm not young. I'm 27 years old, but when, you know, when I first started getting into it, 22, 23 years old into a, you know, a, an owner role, managing the people, I was way more hot headed. And that was one thing that I actually still struggle with because I was born and raised by my father, who if you were holding a shovel wrong, he'd kick me in the ass and say, what the F, you know, are you doing? Hold this shovel this way, you lazy, blah, blah, blah. No one wants to see a guy standing on the job site with not a shovel in his G hand, you know, like it just blue collar, right? And I respond well to that. Like I, I am, I'm, I'm, people always think, you know, you get hate online. Well, I'm my biggest hater. I'm really hard on myself. And like you said, I could get mad at Ryan Goodfellow and we could scream at each other on the job site and you could argue and spit in my face and, Five minutes later, I'm over it and be like, okay, cool. So how are we going to get this job done? I guess what I'm trying to ask is even for myself, like, how did you get better at, at maybe dealing with situations where it's like, I could get really angry right now, but I don't know if that's going to help me. And <laughs> yeah, I've just, I struggle with that. You know, it's one of those things where I can be the coolest boss in the world. And then like two minutes later, I'm a redhead. So like all of a sudden, bam, like I switch and I'm the biggest in the world that's what my employees would say exactly you will absolutely hate me <laughs> and i will I'll make you cry and then as soon as i realized that i just my redhead came out then it's like okay i gotta chill you know and then i'm like okay i'm over it sorry this is this is how we need to go about it like here's another example today i drive up to the job and i'm coming up the driveway and my guys are moving some trash out of one spot my other guys are up feeling around, around a foundation. And uh, one of my guys, is, as I'm driving up the driveway, he's waiting for the loader to come back. And he's sitting on his ass on a two by four. And he's looking at his phone and I can hear his music going. And he's scrolling. And I rolled up, I rolled my window down. I says, hey. Scrolling through TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled my window down. I'm like, hey, dude. I says, dude, no sitting on your ass. We can't do that. I'm like, it's one of those things where like, if you're on the clock, you're doing something. I says, come over here and help these guys. These guys over here, they're placing gravel around the around the footing drain. Like, need to be over here. It's like, I don't want to see you sitting on your ass. So just come over here and do something. Well, I went over, got out of my truck, went over, checked on the guys in the drain. He comes walking over, and I walked over, and I, and I kind of met him halfway in the middle. I says, hey, dude. I says, listen. I says, I know you're new here. And I says, you don't know what I expect. I says, but I'm here to tell you right now. I says, that I don't want to show up and see you sitting around. As I understand that you're over here helping these guys get this stuff pulled out here at the loader, I says, but these guys are over here working. That can sit there for a minute. I says, or if nothing else, this is you grab some of that rebar and take it down to the bottom of the driveway. You know, I says, something is better than nothing. And I just told him, I says, listen, I says, if you're sitting around and you're off the clock, I don't care what you do. I says, if you're on the clock, and you're sitting around, then I will be the first one that will tell you, get off your ass and get something done. There's always something to do. 
And I don't know how he took it. You know, he's new. And so if I butt hurt somebody, they cry and they, they want to go find their job. I mean, this is construction. And it's one of those things like you asked me, how do I combat it? Well, honestly, my guy has been here for 21 years with me. He has seen me go from hot-headed, you know, get mad at you for not doing something to just being chill. And for the most part, I'm pretty chill. And it's those times where I get mad at you, honestly, if I feel like you're doing something and you know better. If you're doing something wrong and I feel like you know better, I'm going to rip you. But then as soon as I'm done ripping you, I'm done. I'm over it. We're going to move past it. If you want to hold the grudge against me, that's on you. But I'm over it. You know, and so like you said, like, how do you combat that? Like, how do you settle down? Honestly, I just think it's age. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those, like, a lot of guys will get ornerier as they get older. Yeah, I get really ornery. But for the most part, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty upbeat. You know, I, like, I think that in order to have a good company culture, you really need to be upbeat. You need to be happy respectful you know and show the guys that you're having a good time and they're going to have a good time as well you know they feed off of my energy and i feed off of their energy and so when you get that all that positive energy going it's it's like it's like a good time coming to work agree heavily with that and and you're right it goes both ways they feed off your energy and you feed off theirs and i feel like when you say like you know positivity and and it and it spreads and, and culture and stuff and like i find like not every day is going to be awesome you know that's blue collar not every like when especially here the weather here you know when we get into march and all the snow's melting the leaves are off the trees are dead it's been gray for three weeks we haven't seen the sun that's whenever i find what makes a true leader comes out you know like who can keep the guys motivated to keep going to be positive it's really important to be a good leader in that moment as well during those times but what you're saying is, you know, the guy that's been with you for 21 years and I'm learning now, like I go and say that there's a new, a new type of work employee coming into it, you know, where like, there's not so many left of, you know, guys like maybe you or I that can take a tongue lashing. And then two minutes later, it's like, yeah, okay, that was effed up. Great. All right, well, let's keep working. You know, so there's a certain way to kind of go about it. But you're right. I like your stance on it where it's like, well, you know what? Like, that's just the industry sometimes, you know, where it's like, hey, I'm sure you may not have liked the way I talked to you, but I got my point across. Nobody got friggin' hurt. And we're going to continue on from that. And I, I really like the value in that. That That's good. Yeah. Like one of my guys doing me for quite a while. He's probably, I don't know, five, probably five years. Man, one day I ripped him up and down and just. I thought he was going to walk away crying. He took it like a man. And the next day we were just talking like no big deal. And I'm like, Hey, dude, I, I, I respect you for not, you know, getting butt hurt and walking off and quitting. He's like, dude, he says, I'll take an ask you in every day. If I, if I deserve it. And yesterday I deserved it. So I'm all good with it. And I said, dude, I says, if you ever think I deserve an ask you, you just go right ahead and rip me a new one because I'm no different than you just because I'm the owner doesn't mean anything different just because I'm your boss. It's okay. If you don't agree with what I'm doing, take me to the side and rip me up and down. I says, and I, I might argue with you. I might yell back at you. I says, but I will respect you a hundred percent because you've earned that respect from me and I've earned that respect from you. And it's just two way street. I'm so good with you bitching back at me. I'm okay with it. I'm a man. I can handle it. Like, and if you can't handle it, then 
you better go somewhere else or you better never screw up. Yeah. If you give it, you got to be able to take it. That's right. And I'll take it all day long. Like you can tell me what you, how you feel about me. And I'll tell you how I feel about you. And I'll tell you two minutes later, Hey, I love you. I just want you to know that I don't agree with what you just did, but I want you to know that I agree with most everything else you do. And and that's why I love you. We're like family. We're, We're like a big team, you know, and we spend more time together, like working every day than we do with our own families. So we have to have that bond, right? You know, a lot of people are like, how do you do that? Like I had one person ask you one time, well, how, how do you say they're like a brother? How do you say they're like, they're like family? Like, how does that not cross the line? I'm like, dude, how do you not say that? You know, how do you not feel like they're your brother? And how do you not feel like they're your family? Yeah, you can treat them like they're family. And you can also treat them like they're family by getting mad at them too. Like, there's just that line that you have to draw in the sand and be like, hey, dude, you know what? This is where we're at. We're family and we're brothers and we're going to treat each other like brothers. And if you do something wrong, I'm going to tell you. If, you. if I do something wrong, you tell me. I'm all good with it. All good with it. I 100% agree with that. And I think that that's something that I value as well listening to because I hear that all the time. And the guys that have been with me since I took over a, a leadership role, it's like, it's funny because they always are like, man, remember when you used to like blow up way more than you used to now and, and this and that. But it's good because it did it made me a better leader it made me a better person who i am because like i'm not blowing up every day at the guys but i think that it's acceptable to like them to know like okay like he's upset and that's good and like you said vice versa like guys like pull me back in when i stray too far as well too like check me back if you can't do that then that just means that you think you're invincible you're you're better than everybody else and that won't work well especially for culture wise but what I wanted to ask was when you talk about you just hired a new guy and stuff, what's your role in, in your business and how, how many people do you have working for you? And do you have people in an office and what do you have going on? I'm the general manager. My wife owns a business. So back when the economy turned and it went down, it was like, you know what, let's change things up a little bit. Cause if we need them like government work where you have like a minority or a woman, women owned business, then we can do that a little easier. Right. And so we went ahead and did that. So I'm just the general manager. It's pretty much, you know, my business. She says all the time, you know, hey, <laughs> I'm just the woman behind it, you know, but she does all the paperwork. She does all the all the receivables, payables. She daily, you know, time tracking. She knows what's going on with all that stuff. And so she's very much involved, but I'm involved in the outside stuff. So we've been doing that for a while. I used to run a hoe pretty much every day. I'm getting to where I don't like to run a hoe anymore because I, I'm pulled in so many different directions that I don't have time. And if I get into a machine, it's one of those things that I don't have time. And so it's not good for my customer. So we've got uh, 13 guys right now. We're running four different crews, two to three guys on a crew. We've got a couple of trucks, a dump truck and a pup, and then a semi that has a, a side dump behind it and also pulls a low bed. I love that truck. Thanks. So we got five excavators, two loaders, two skid loaders. So we're pretty well outfitted. You know, everybody says, get a dozer. I don't really need a dozer. I don't really want a dozer. Excavator and skid steer. Yeah. And, and like us, loaders are huge for us because we move a lot of material with those loaders. Yeah. That's interesting. We don't use much loaders. Like, like I see on your Instagram, you guys have loaders on the job sites and stuff. Like that's something you don't see around here. You see loaders for like water and sewer with like the 
the cone front buckets on or a side tilt bucket to dump into the bucket for the the granulars but the loaders we don't see on like you don't see on residential job sites that much yeah well for us they're key like we could take a job that would take two days with an excavator to backfill compact to do the gravel inside stuff like that we'll throw a loader onto that same job and we will take one day to do that job it's crazy how much more efficient you can be like essentially like we can put a compactor on whether it be a hoe pack or whether it be a compaction wheel and we can take and backfill around the house in like three hours because we're just pushing dirt in with the loader and then we're compacting it with the excavator the loader and the excavator work from like point a right around they just come right around 360 right and they get that done and let's just say the majority of your dirt is in the backyard right because you couldn't pile in the front or on the side yard well that dirt needs to come from the backyard into the front to get put in the garage well do i want to move it at three and a half yards per bucket or do i want to move it at three quarters of a yard or a yard per bucket with the skid loader so like in my opinion i'm going to move it three and a half yards right because i'm going to get it done three times as fast and really the operating cost on loaders really isn't that bad i mean i got one loader we've had it since i don't know i think it had 2200 hours on it and now it's got like 9500 hours on it. we don't have any issues with it at all it's been a great machine and so like say we get done with the job we got a bunch of dirt left over we can leave that loader there on site we go to the next job and that loader like we put a truck driver in there and they can load themselves with the loader and so that excavator can be at another job digging a basement or starting another backfill or whatever doing rock work and that loader's over at the other job you know cleaning up that last bit of dirt and we don't have to really put an operator in it because the truck driver can load them so there's a lot of times where the loader really comes into play for us really, really well. And man, our efficiency goes to the roof. What size loader? Like three and a half yards? Yeah, three and a half yard loader. With like wider tires on. So the only thing I think of is like if you get like like some sloppy material and stuff, tracks are gonna float where the tires and the loader are just gonna sink. You'd be surprised how well they work. And there's a buddy of mine in Michigan and He's around the lakes, you know, and they got some soft underfoot conditions. They put like skitter tires on them. Yeah, I was going to say nice wide ones. Nice big wide tires on with the big gnarly treads on them. And dude, those loaders will go wherever you want to go because they got those big wide tires on. The flotation's great. Yeah, the stick tires stick out further than the bucket, but it doesn't really matter because they're just, they're floating on whatever they're doing, you know, picking up a pile, whatever, moving it from A to B. I mean, Loaders for, for us were a big thing. Like I've got guys that come over work here and they're like, we've never had a loader on a backfill ever. You know, on the digs, they got, they got to throw the dirt three and four times on a basement dig. And I'm like, dude, if you got to throw it three and four times, you got to have a loader there. Like their three or four day basement digs turns into a day and a half. And they're like, holy crap. We can't believe how much faster it is this as well. The name of the game is efficiency. And see, so it's one of those things where for us, a loader is huge. A, a dozer is great, but a dozer is just pushing the dirt away from you, right? It's not actually picking it up and moving it, you know? And so that's where the load and carry of a loader really, really works out really well. And so for us to not have a loader on the job is pretty rare. A loader or a skid loader is on the job pretty much every single job we do. 
Yeah, skid loaders on the job for us on everyone. But I mean, that's even got me thinking. I mean, like the only thing I could think of is like, like, do you deal in a lot of because you're in northern Utah, correct? Yep. Like, do you have a lot of like treed lots and wooded lots that you're working with tight access? That's the only thing I could think of that would restrict us. If we did a lot of access lots this year, we're like, it was freaking tight, you know? So think about how much room you have, right? If you got room to get an excavator in and swing that thing around, you got room to get a loader in there. You know, most houses we do, probably with you guys too, you have 10 feet minimum around the house or more than that. You know, so you can get a loader all the way around, no problem. You'd be surprised, like, you can get a loader in pretty tight spots. And they're just, they're so much more efficient than a skid loader. But the skid loader is great because you can clean up your job site with them. But we found now to where we have a, that grading bucket on our loader. Man, that crew hardly ever has a skid loader with them because having that grading bucket on that loader, you can see it's just like a big skid loader. So it's it's really kind of nice to have that grading bucket. People make fun of me because I have that bucket and I have all this stuff. And I'm just like, dude, don't knock until you try it because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that that's a cool thing. A part about like seeing other people and like in this day and age in construction, at least being able to see like different ways and listening to different people on how they go about the same style projects, but in a completely different way. Like my second podcast I ever did was with uh, the digger man. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how, like, they don't use, like, loaders or skid steers over there that much. And it's mainly um, these site, little site dump trucks with tracks on them, you know, to, like, move move stuff around. And it's just cool, the, the comparison. And I think that that's what's cool about Con Expo as well is that it's kind of, like, you get to talk to all these people and to listen to, to different ways of doing it. I'm sure since you've been, you know, to the first one. I mean, you have experience going. I'm sure that just the people that you get to talk to and the people that you see and the conversation that you have makes you think a different way. Like talking to you today, it's completely like I, I see. I'm, I'm not just saying this because of the podcast, but I'm seriously like a three and a half yard loader might be kind of cool to try it on the next job site and like call up the local local dealer and be like, hey, like, let me demo one and let's just see how it goes, you know? Yeah, well, that's the that's beauty of what we do, right? Yeah. You can't really go out and test drive a car for for 40 hours right or for 10 hours right you run go, it through the mud yeah go drive the car around a little bit and then be done with it you know it's one of those things where like nowadays like things are getting so advanced right like volvo and caterpillar they have onboard scales available in that loader that comes from the factory dude to have that is amazing and like cat excavators they have it right there in the machine they'll tell you exactly what what you're weighing out you know I mean that's that's huge. I was loading out trucks one day and with a with a hoe, a three thirty five cat, and these guys were getting mad at me because they're like, "You're loading it too heavy." I says, "Come here," and they're like, "What?" And I says, "Come here, I'm gonna show you how much you weigh." He's like, "Oh, you got a scale in there?" I says, "Yeah." I says, "What's your what's your weight? What you good for? Thirty one, thirty two ton?" He's like, "Yeah, like thirty two, thirty two and a half." I had like thirty two point eight in him. Nice. And I'm like, "There you go." He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna argue with you anymore." And like, I don't think that these manufacturers really understand how important it is to have something like that in a machine with load right scales coming out, you know, and, and, and Trimble figuring that all out, that stuff out, you know, I mean, putting that into the machine, it's a game changer. It's unreal. Well, every brand does now, you know, like, uh, I, I saw, uh, got a push an ad the other day by Kamatsu and I know like, you know, Kat and John Deere had their own kind of 
built in on the screens but Komatsu came out and they're they're having their their own uh you know scale systems and grade systems built into their excavators as well too and i think that you're right like i don't know if they understand how valuable just valuable it is because you being able to 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 track your quantities throughout the day and even preset and save each single truck like oh truck four took this many tons today versus truck 18 took this many tons today like that stuff's really cool and useful to break down at the end of a project yeah it's unreal it's one of those things where technology is 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 coming so far along that man like the next generation machines that don't have that type of stuff it's like, man, how much longer before you get that, right? You got some of these other guys out there that have it. And if you don't have it yet, you really need to have it. Like like grading systems. I get into a machine that doesn't have any type of grading system. And I'm like, dude, what am I do with this? You know, give me a grading system in this thing. Because if I want to dig that hole over there and I want to be three feet deep, I know exactly how far three feet deep is by the push of a button. So it's just, it's just one of those things that like once you learn the technology, you embrace it. You embrace it wholeheartedly because you understand how much better it can make you and more how much more efficient it can make you. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And these are conversations um, that I want to continue as well. You're going to be at Con Expo in March, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, we will be. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to get to talk to you in person about this stuff and kind of like get everybody else to continue on the conversations of technology and leadership and owning a business and all the other stuff that's kind of going on. But uh, I want to save some for the show as well, too. So we've been chatting for an hour now, even though it doesn't feel like an hour at all. But uh, I know that there's more value that we can pull from you. So I can't wait to see you in March at Con Expo. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on today, Ryan, on the podcast brought to you by Komatsu, everybody. Thank you to our supporters at Komatsu. And uh, thanks for coming on, Ryan. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Connects with Con Ag and AEM for having me. It was awesome. We are less than 100 days from the 2023 show. That's right. We are coming up on the largest construction family reunion in North America. Con Expo Con Ag is going to be here before we know it. If you have not registered yet, there's still time to secure your tickets. Visit conexpoconag.com and use the promo code PODCAST20 to get 20% off. That's right, 20% off with promo code PODCAST20. If you already have your tickets to the show, join us in the countdown to the show and comment below to let us know you're going to be there and what you're most excited to see.